All right, guys. Episode four of the Rivian Report podcast. Let's get into it. We got a lot to go over for the new year. By the way, anyone listening, happy new year. Happy, happy new year. Going to 2024. Big year for Rivian, hopefully. Um, They've accomplished a lot in 2023, and there's no shortfall of news going into the new year from them with a few patents and a few different things to get into. I'm going to let Dan start it off with the first patent. Okay, so first up, Rivian has um, filed a patent for a Tesla Powerwall competitor kind of a thing, a uh, stationary storage, and uh, that is something that I think is great. It shows that Rivian is uh, looking at the future and it's more than just producing cars, which is awesome. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. So we know Tesla has the power wall. We know that Elon believes that the energy business could eventually even be bigger than the auto business. Uh, And we know that most of his energy business has not been from solar. It's actually been from battery storage, that battery storage is extremely important. Uh, And Rivian looks like they want to get into that business. They released a patent uh, published on December 28th. So right at the end of this year, it got published. And it's basically looking like a system to keep energy storage on your home. It's also going to be able to, I think, uh, be able to take power in from even maybe their vehicles. They have like inverters and it's not just the, the energy storage itself, but it's a full, looks like a full system uh, to power your house, work with solar panels, etc., cetera, uh, which is going to be great. I think getting into the energy business, they're, they're showing that they're not going to be like Tesla. They're not going to be just a EV car company, but they're going to be a full uh, electrifying the grid, electrifying the world, you know, sustainable, uh, bit different, you know, different business. than just cars, different business. Exactly. So that's really exciting when it comes to that. They also had another patent come out recently, which was interesting for the R1S. And that is on the spare tire on the back of the R1S. We're going to show a photo, uh, Rivian updates showed it's a new patent introducing a full sized spare tire mount. Uh, on the back of the R1S, and it has some utility built in. So uh, there are, it looks like a storage kind of area that can be replaced with different uh, utility items like a cooler or a waste bin that can easily be uh, accessed from the top. So it kind of looks like in the patent. Uh, And it also will, I think, integrate into the software. They're showing like a photo on their screen inside the vehicle that you'll be able to, you know, maybe if it's, I don't know, maybe change the temperature of the cooler. Who knows? Maybe it'll know when the waste bin's full. You know, I don't know what it'll do, but it'll be interesting to see that they're thinking of more than just, uh, you know, just the vehicles. They're actually thinking of really great adventure accessories for the vehicles, right? For sure. And I think that uh, these little design choices, these these little um, minute details are what, they're they're so on brand for Rivian. All this utility packed into something that most other automakers would just, you know, you know, slap it on there. Um, that's so on brand for Rivian. It's why people will end up choosing Rivian over competitors. So yeah, I agree. It, it really, really great. adds to the brand focus. Uh, some news on their RAN network. So for their Rivian Adventure network, their charging infrastructure, they actually installed the first charger in Kansas on the RAN network. So it's nice to just see continued expansion there's obviously so many areas that there's really not great charging infrastructure, especially if you're not part of the supercharger network. Uh, and to see that they're continuing to expand it is great. We also got on uh, jumping you know, right into RJ did a podcast recently, which is 
really worth listening to. Anyone who hasn't heard it should definitely check it out. Uh, it's called Charging Up the Electric Vehicle Market with RJ Scringe of Rivian. And it's by the, I believe, uh, How I Built This is the podcast mm -hmm. name. Uh, in that podcast, one thing I'll just talking about the RAN network uh, and charging infrastructure, RJ does say that Rivians will get access to the Tesla supercharger network in early 2024. So could have said mid 2024, could have said late 2024, but he used the word early and we know Ford and GM, like we said, is going to get it in February. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe even in March, you know, as soon as March, I would think uh, possibly Rivian getting access to that network through an adapter. Something also worth mentioning, he talked about uh, having Teslas and other non-Rivians charging at on the RAN network, which is something that you tweeted a bunch of, like, I mean, two plus years ago, I remember uh, you tweeting about. And it's, it makes a lot of sense, it helps them, will help them to scale the RAN network faster and, uh, and quicker and get it to be profitable. So that's... Yeah. Definitely. That's all good news. For sure. And, and we know they're going to move eventually to NACS on their network yeah. as well. So that'll be interesting. Uh, going over just some of the facts that the stock market is officially closed for the year. We've, you know, the S&P 500 ended the year up 23.5%. Uh, and what's extremely interesting is you would normally think of Rivian as a very, obviously, it's a volatile company. Uh, and there's a lot of uncertainty in things, you know, when it comes to that stock. So You would think it would be very, if, if you guess the year-to-date performance from January 1st to the last stock trading day of 2023, you wouldn't think that it would match up with the S&P, but it turns out, interestingly enough, uh, it had performed 23.6%, the S&P at 23.57%, basically exactly the same as the S&P 500. Uh, now, obviously, that's, you know, Just an interesting fact. For sure. Uh, and I actually think that's a really bullish thing because Rivian obviously has co had come down significantly prior to that uh, in the years past when it IPO'd at such a high price. It really came down huge. Uh, and since I think they are now, their trajectory is really getting to a place where it's more predictable. Uh, they're making huge improvements in their financials to get to positive gross margins. They've laid out Uh, a path to profitability, RJ even said. Uh, in the podcast, they have a clear path to profitability. You know, uh, they're going to have gross positive margins in the second half of 2024. Uh, I think with all that coming ahead and their continued progress, since it didn't outperform the S&P 500, I just I think it's leading to a really bullish 2024 for Rivian, uh, where I think it's going to just significantly outperform it. Um, But, you know, obviously time will tell and this Are you isn't financial, about the, uh, the not calls? financial advice. Um, when it comes to the options I had and we discussed in the past podcasts, uh, I am not as worried because I do have some news. Yes. I did buy an additional 20,000 shares on that account. So on that Robinhood account where there's the 30,000 shares with, uh, 30, with the calls. 300 calls sold against mm -hmm. them. Uh, I did buy 20,000 more shares, pushing that account up to 50,000 shares, and that was actually bought on the last trading day of this year. And you closed the, the puts, right? Uh, and I closed, so I, I had puts that I had sold that I'd be willing to buy more shares if it got to $20 a share by February. They were up about 35% or so. Just took your took money. Took the money and the said, shares. let me just buy the shares now, even at $23 and change, because I am bullish about it. And uh, I think they are going to do great on their 
production and delivery numbers, which we will get the first week of uh, of the new Jan year. Oh, I mean, usually awesome. January fifth or so. Well, January somewhere around January third to fifth. I think we're going to get the the numbers. Uh, probably Tesla will will report maybe a little sooner, and then Rivian the next day. Usually that's how I that's it's come how out. That's how it's been. Yeah, and uh, I think that's going to be. I think they're going to beat. The expectation is fifty-four thousand is what they guided to originally fifty, then fifty-two. Then they raised it to, to fifty-four. They're probably um, going to be on the money with that. I think they're going to beat it. You I think, think so. I think we're going to get not a crazy beat, fifty-five right? or something. I I think they're yeah. I think we're going to end up with. I'm going fifty-six. Okay. I'm going fifty-six thousand. Let's see. All right, I'll go uh, fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, and. Then getting into a little more of software news, we know we've talked heavily about how a huge advantage for Rivian and Tesla is over their updates, software, they do hardware, they do software, they have the talent to do really good software. Um, Ford basically had an issue recently. So we saw Tesla owners of Silicon Valley, uh, Tesla owners SV on X posted that legacy auto is going to collapse if a software update will brick their EV. And they showed a photo, basically a software update said update not successful. And apparently uh, the car was bricked. Like they could they not to... drive the car. So even when there are issues with Tesla Rivian uh, on software, usually the car is still drivable. It doesn't brick them. Uh, and then they release a new software to fix whatever the issue is. Uh, this is pretty bad. You know? I, I agree. That's not, not looking good for uh for them, I'd be pretty scared if I was one of the uh, software engineers over at Ford. Yeah, definitely. It's a pretty big problem. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we're going to keep this podcast a little shorter than the past po podcast, most likely, just because it's the new year. We're getting ready to meet up and celebrate uh, getting into 2024 with friends. So we're going to end it with one thing I think uh, that I want to see progress on from Rivian. Let's both just pick, I guess, one thing okay. we want to see. I will. Uh, the thing I'm going to say, uh, other than the obvious things I think most of us want, is I want to see their e-bike come out in 2024 or get announced uh, with a maybe pre-order date. They have talked about the e-bike. I'm curious if it's still coming or if it got chopped off the block when they had to make uh, some cost cuts. Uh, we know there was a secret team working on the e-bike. I even saw uh, Galley made a, a video recently about uh, on YouTube about the Rivian e-bike and is it coming? I'm curious if it's coming. Uh, I looked a little into the information about e-bikes. Uh, the market in 2030 for electric bicycles uh, and e-mobility, but more specifically electric bicycles, is supposed to be a $35 billion market. The average e-bike is selling for around $2,000. Uh, Rivian is obviously a premium brand, so I could see them doing an e-bike Anywhere from eighteen hundred bucks to I wouldn't be surprised if 5, it was a, yeah forty five hundred to five thousand uh, dollar e bike, but that said, you know I think eighteen hundred dollars is probably gonna hit the masses. That would sell a lot. Of sell a lot more than if it was like four grand. So I'm curious if the team is still working on it. Curious your opinions. Definitely comment below and let us know what you guys think. I uh, uh, I would say uh, if for the e bike, which by the way I just want to mention, you remember we were saying Tesla should do it. Uh, many years many ago, years ago. That, was, uh, that was before Tesla even had its run up. But uh, I think if they do it, it will be a uh, exclusive product. It will be expensive. I, would, I wouldn't say it'd be 2000 It'd probably be like 5000 And for sure, they would sell every single one they produce. 
that I guarantee. Um, something that is interesting from the RJ uh, podcast, one of the things that he said that I helped, made me feel really good as a shareholder is that, you know, Rivian is currently in its least, you know, exposed to the least risk that it has ever been exposed to. It's in the best position that it's ever been in uh, with suppliers, with this, with that. So potentially this would be the time where they can do an experiment like this, which might, you know, make them some extra money. Uh, so I think that's awesome. And I would love to see that in terms of something that I would love to see Rivian uh, working really hard on would be the service centers. They need to expand the service centers. That's a huge uh, dial they can turn. Obviously, they don't need more demand right now They, but because they are selling every car that they can produce. Um, but in the future, you know, if you buy a Rivian, you need to have somewhere to get it serviced and it should be convenient and that things like that. So a uh, major thing to, to watch for in 2024 news about uh, new service centers opening up. Yeah. Very exciting. And, and as far as Dan was saying on uh, Rivian being in the least uh, risky, risky position position they were in, it, it's true. He, he basically, uh, when he was asked about, you know, his feelings on uh, Rivian and and the, the risks and how you know how he goes about it every day and fires the team up and everything like that, he he really did say basically that, you know, he's never been in a better position. I mean, every every single day. Uh, the uh, my dog has come to visit. But every single day, the company is basically just better than it was in the past. You know, it, it's every quarter by quarter, things are just looking better, and there's a clear path to profitability, which is really exciting yeah. for the team and for the company. And when he was asked about the stock, he kind of did make a comment saying, you know, it is kind of disappointing in a sense that uh, it's not being valued the way he thinks it should be valued, implying, I think, that he, it's believes, it's, yeah, that he believes the company's worth a lot more than it's currently trading for. Uh, and he said, you know, he quoted Buffett in that podcast, mentioning that in the short term, uh, the stock market's, market's a voting machine, but in the long term, it's a weighing machine. And uh, he thinks if he, you know, if they're heads down and keep focusing and they basically just keep executing, that they'll basically be in a great position stock-wise and company-wise, long term, it will all work itself out. So... Everyone have a great new year. Thanks for watching. Uh, have subscribe a great if you haven't subscribed and like the video. If you haven't liked, it really helps the YouTube algorithm. If you're listening to spot on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, make sure to to uh, like, share subscribe, it, and all that like stuff. it, whatever, do it all. Just do it. We really We're gonna appreciate it. We're gonna get better and uh, give you more better info more often, all, all the time. Have a great New yeah. Year's. <laughs>